Kia ora, and welcome to this series of podcasts called Let's Chat About, where I'll give experts working in the dementia care across Aotearoa an opportunity to talk about a topic and share some of their insights. I'm Kavi Perry, and I work at the I'm the director of the Dementia Learning Centre here at Alzheimer New Zealand. Today, I'm joined um, by with Caroline Bartle, Dementia Project Specialist um, at Ryman Healthcare. In this episode, we will be chatting about personhood and why this is important for people in whānau living with dementia, Matiwariwari. Welcome to the podcast, Caroline, and thank you for taking the time to join us today. Thank you, Cathy. I'm I'm so excited to be here and what a fantastic topic to be kicking off with. Cool. Caroline, do you want to say a little bit about um, your background? Okay, just really briefly. So um, my I've been in care sector for 30 years. Um, I was a social worker, mental health care of older people, and then I went into learning and development, workforce development in dementia. I've had a very long love affair with New Zealand, and I've been backwards and forwards, and now I'm finally here working with Ryman. Thank you. Thank you, Caroline. Now, look, we're going here into this um, topic on um, personhood. Now, we have lots and lots of different ways of defining um, personhood. So I'd like you to give share your insights into what you think uh, personhood is all about. So the term itself is quite an odd term. It's quite abstract. So I think many people struggle to really understand what it means. Person-centered care is a term people are more familiar with. However, people still struggle to know what that actually means in practice. But person-centered care is essentially derived from the notion of personhood. And the term itself was captured or coined rather by Tom Kipwood, a psychologist almost 30 years ago. And he described personhood as a standing or status bestowed upon one person by others. So it's about how we value people and how we demonstrate this in the way we treat a person, which in turn impacts on the way the person sees themselves. So personhood, if you like, is something we do together. It's essentially about relationships, which we all know are the linchpin of transformational care. Factors like self-determination, autonomy, dignity, respect, all of these are pertinent to achieving personhood. When Tom Kipwood first introduced the concept, we thought very differently about dementia care then. Um, and he was a pioneer at the time. Um, he founded the Bradford Dementia Group back in 1992, and his work on dementia care mapping became internationally renowned. And his work shone a light on the power of the social environment as a therapeutic tool. Up to that point, many believed that medication was the only more effective treatment for dementia, a reflection really of the biomedical model. He showed us that the way we act towards others um, can, can be powerfully therapeutic, but it can also sometimes cause harm. Um, something he called malignant social psychology. Uh, the concept itself, malignant social psychology, em emphasizes the potential harm that can be caused by the way we treat people. It suggests that our behaviours, our attitudes towards others can have long lasting, lasting and escalating effects, 
similar really to how a malignant tumor grows so I just always thought the name was really pertinent because if you think about it in the context of care interactions when somebody is ignored or objectified the negative impact on the person doesn't necessarily end with that interaction it can continue to affect them emotionally psychologically and even socially beyond the specific moment and the consequences of such negative treatment can linger and mm. evolve and, and lead to harm, you know, mental health harm and apathy is something that we see quite often, you know, in, in dementia care practice. And I talk about the power of the social environment a lot in my work. In care, the tool you bring is yourself, right? Mm. And so you utilize this power to affect change by manipulating the social environment. And in a formal um, way this is called psychosocial interventions but basically it's about kindness inclusion and personalization however personhood is sometimes quite difficult to achieve because it's dogged by stigma and the factors driving this are complex so underpinning this is the question that like uh, only a, a person is worthy of respect so what makes a person a person you know and that's fascinating it seems we're all human but not mm. everybody is a person mm. possibly because we value intellect over mm. other arguably more important factors for example you know do we define a person based on their ability to know to think or do we define by their capacity to love and be loved mm. the stigma surrounding it is toxic malignant harmful However, I still observe this in, our, in my day to day, you know, on a macro level in society and a meso level within organisations and a micro level in, between relationships, you know, that stigma is there. So when Tom Kitwood talked about personhood as a standing or status bestowed upon others, he was basically saying that our identities are co-constructed. Um, but it wasn't through his work that I really understood it. It was through somebody called Professor Stephen Sabat, who I met at a conference in New Zealand once. <laughs> I was like a, um, a groupie, you know, I was like, oh, like I was a, an adoring fan, you know, because his work had been transformational for me in understanding mm what self-identity is and how it's how it's formed in the in the environment co-constructed rather well, i hear your passion caroline absolutely and you know you've talked and it was um you've talked a lot about kind of the construct and the theory and 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 your view words like power social environment um you know kindness get drilling down to kindness so we you know now, we know that, um, or some of us know that. So what do you think are the challenges of trying to embed this into practice? Um, well, um, there's undoubtedly still a lot of stigma about dementia and training is important, but it's rarely effective without a whole systems approach. Tom Kirkwood himself talked about challenging the culture of care, but unfortunately today there's a disproportionate focus on training mm -hmm. and, and, and not enough on culture, which is essentially 
the platform in which, you know, um, personhood can thrive. You know, there are poor systems, for example, in capturing people's life history. Um, and we, we need that to uphold somebody's identity. And if we don't have good information about their lives, that can create challenges around supporting somebody, you know, and we need that information to scaffold conversations. You know, we need that information to understand behaviors. And, you know, the environment also plays an important part in supporting personhood. And sometimes we get that wrong. And at Ryman, we're trying to work really hard to get that right, you know, in a way that really supports people's identity. The objects and the things that people have around them, for example, are important. And, you know, in academia, there's a lot written about being in place and aging in place and how important that is around personhood. And denying autonomy is also another barrier to supporting personhood. You know, families and far now find it hard to balance risk and autonomy as services do. You know, when we think about risk from a professional perspective, we're often limited in our perspectives because we consider things like risk of falls or risk of pressure shores or risk of social inclusion. But for someone living with dementia, it's risk of losing their identity. And, you know, these things are really important, you know, in terms of how we um, understand people's personhood to support them. And of course, there, there are wider systems issues such as challenges with, with recruitment and retention. Um, it's well documented that in, in research that staff that have more empathy are less likely to burn out mm. and more likely to stay in their role. The work has to start with making sure the staff feel well and supported and that staff have opportunities to acknowledge the joy of their work and to value their contribution to the work. My mum always used to say, you can't love anyone else if you don't love yourself first. Yeah. That's a very, very lovely um, quote. And I was just thinking as you were um, discussing that um, the challenges there and you popped in that, you know, you're trying to make a difference in Ryman. I wondered if you would be able to share an, an actual example of what you're doing. So, you know, we talk about it and how do you actually apply it? So you've got a resident sitting, you know, it's just arrived in the facility, new, new, new resident, can you think of something to, to, for the audience to understand how you actually apply that personhood in practice? Well, I think, you know, if we look at it from an environment perspective, obviously familiarity is, is really important. And there's been lots of research to suggest that actually objects of attachment are, are significant. And these are ordinary objects that we use in our sort of day-to-day -day life. It might be a hairbrush or, mm. you know, it's something that's meaningful in terms of what we do day-to-day. -day. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the struggle often is when people come into... Um, a residential environment is they don't always bring those things that are meaningful mm. to them um, along with them. I mean, there, there, there are loads of technologies as well. We're just really starting to explore the kinds of technologies that we can use to help people to remember, connect, you mm. know, and, and to support conversations. Um, you know, there's, there's a whole heap of stuff around, you know, the other factors related to the environment that don't pertain to personhood so much but I think the important thing is that people have to feel psychologically safe mm. you know it isn't just about physical safety mm. 
Mm. It's about psychological safety. Mm. And, you know, that is partly in, in feeling comfortable in the environment that they're in. Yeah, no, I, I, that's a great example. Thanks. Um, now, you, there's been a really and some real gems of insight there that I've picked up even for myself. Um, and where can other people learn more about this um, concept of personhood? Well, there are some foundational texts like the um, the book Dementia Reconsidered, The Person Comes First, which was mm -hmm. published in 1997 by Tom Kitwood. That's still a good read, although, I mean, some of his ideas are challenged now. We've moved mm -hmm. from personhood to social citizenship, but that's not something we can go into. What? Yeah, we can go into now. No. Um, but it's, but his, a lot of what he says is still is still very relevant and foundational so and it's a really nice read that book and then there's professor stephen sabat's workbook on identity which is i think it's called the experience of alzheimer's disease life through yeah. a tangled veil these again are quite um old text but still very relevant um if you want more contemporary views there's um citizenship citizenship books written by ruth bartlett um that kind of take the responsibility of personhood to a society level but then you've also got the vips the vips um model which was developed by dawn brooker which gives mm -hmm. a kind of more practical framework of of developing or, or delivering rather personhood you know in terms of valuing people as people you know recognizing their individuality understanding people's perspective um and using the social environment and there are lots of resources around that i think her book was a, the original book was a green book but i think that there are, there's a toolkit as well that's available um but you know if you wanted really wanted information about personhood the best person to go to is the person themselves you know and to learn from people directly and also others that are living with dementia you know about their experience of living through dementia there's some really great you know books written by people living with dementia that people you can access also to get a sense of you know the experience of, of personhood and christine bryden actually oh. herself she's i she says i think it was her that said this is that i am who i am because i embody who i am but also in my construction with other people my engagement with other people but also in my narrative with myself you know so actually what people tell themselves about that you know themselves is also identity forming which is why you know, the whole field of positive psychology is really important in dementia care as well. That is um, so, so thank you so much for all those wonderful insights that you've shared this afternoon. It's been absolutely fascinating. I was, I'm going to invite you back actually, Caroline, at some stage. I want you and to talk a little bit more about social fragility. It's becoming quite an interesting topic and more and more research has been conducted around that area and also how do we actually apply that into practice because that's kind of what 
my the ethos of the dementia learning center is it's about actually applying um, the theory into practice and making it simple for for if it's a healthcare assistant or a clinical manager or a leader in dementia services it's you know we all do it together and what you said was actually I love what you said was go and talk to the person with dementia they're the ones with the wisdom and insight so thank you um Caroline Absolutely. Um, uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody, today. And uh, na mihi nui.